Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Today's guest is Dr. Pamela Reuter Finstra, an American organist, improviser, composer, and educator who is very interested in the world of creativity. And uh, in today's conversation, she will share her ideas from her latest work, uh, four-volume project uh, called The Muse. These are a cappella songs designed for elementary school children and even for kindergarten age children. And uh, these songs um, uh, are uh, specifically uh, directed for children to build up their character, to foster their creativity, to connect the work of their uh, brain, of both sides of their brain, and basically to further their cultural horizons to the fullest extent. So let's go to the show and I hope you will find this conversation inspiring. Dear Pamela, I'm so happy that you are uh, so generous with your time and your insights and you are eager to share your newly uh, published work, the four volumes about the muses, right? So uh, can you please uh, talk about, but first, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Vidas. It's good to be back with you. Yes. So uh, can you tell our listeners what is this project about and how it started and where it's going? Yes, the the name Muse, of course, refers to um, the concept of Greek goddesses who were inspiring uh, artists, poets, musicians, uh, painters to um, paint or sing or play with um, more affect and more soul because they were so inspired by their muse. But the word muse is also a verb meaning to ponder, to just take time to notice things, to pay attention. And um, so I love that name for both of these reasons, for the idea of inspiration as well as just taking time to ponder and observe and pay attention. Because I think paying attention is really what love is about. Love, if you love someone, you, you pay attention to them. If you, if you want to show your love, you give attention. And so this is giving a lot of attention, um, particularly to children, but it is also intended um, for adults uh, as teachers to be resources for the adults. And um, portions of the songs that are contained in each of the volumes of Muse are, are equally applicable to adults as they are to children. Wonderful. So, so, so Pamela, you are so universal, universal and uh, extraordinary productive uh, musician. You are uh, all, not only organist, improviser, right, educator, but also composer, right? And you not only compose organ music and choral songs and other instrumental works, but you also think about the children as well, right? So can you tell us a little bit how this idea of creating something for the children, uh, I, I, I suspect this is for very small children, right? Like elementary school or even kindergarten, right? Yes. So yes, yes. where it's uh, from? 
Sure. So there, there are probably three reasons that I decided to start um, creating works for children. There are over a hundred songs in the four volumes of Muse, probably on average 25 to 35 per volume. Um, but as you know, I'm an improviser and I worked for so long with university graduate and undergraduate students as well as professional musicians working on improvisation. And um, so many of them uh, wanted to learn improvisation, but also had a degree of frustration that they weren't immediately able to improvise at the level that they were able to play. And over the years, I thought, yes, of course, if improvisation could just start hand in hand with repertoire playing and with learning music theory and technique and everything, it would be much more organic to a, a person's musicianship. And so that was um, one of the first reasons I thought it's time to start working with children and what what instrument do all children have automatically they have their voice so I thought I'm going to work on vocal music all acapella with children because they when they're singing acapella music they're learning music more relationally they're not relying on a piano to pound out a pitch but they have to think about relationship of pitches and um, matching pitch and intonation and all the beautiful nuances the affect expression um, are much more both exposed but also um, they become so much more beautiful with acapella children singing. I think it's just ethereal when it's done well. So the improvisation was the first, um, I think, entree to, to Muse, the Muse project. Um, I have two young children of my own and I realized that um, the power of music is so... Um, it's especially, I think, poignant and meaningful for children because children initially perceive their world primarily orally, um, at least in terms of language learning. They're learning language orally. So their oral receptors are so open as children. Once they're reading and doing mostly reading music instead of listening to music or the same thing with language, once they're reading language, they don't learn the language in the same way with their ears wide open. That's why young children, if they learn multiple languages other than their mother tongue, can be accent-free with the other languages as long as they've learned it in this period of aural perception rather than visual perception. So I thought, let's get this um, uh, these sounds from all different modes. I'm using all the various um, church modes and major and minor, the various minor scales and, um, and different rhythms, different affects in all of the songs, get them exposed to all of these sounds so that they become part of their synapses from the beginning. And then their oral perception will be heightened and enhanced for the rest of their lives. So, so interesting. That was, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but but music in general is not only a tool to transmit uh, information, but also to develop one's character as well, right? And you so wisely are taking um, some of the deepest uh, sources of uh, uh, human uh, human creations, right? Uh, poets and uh, thinkers of our time and ancient times, uh, and. Uh, 
trying to broaden their horizons, right? And uh, trying to develop their character as well. So I think uh, this is a very interesting endeavor you're doing. Well, thanks for that point, because that is that goes hand in hand. It's not just book knowledge that we seek for our children and for our future generations, leaders in the world. Uh, it really is integrity, and they children come by that if they have models for that, and if they are taught early on how to care for their own souls. Even Albert Einstein, a you know, famous scientist, said that the most important thing for any person to develop is their imagination. He's not saying memorizing lists of scientific terms. He's saying develop your imagination. So that's also um, one of the things I'd like to do. And then the, um, the other factor that I have in mind is that there are schools, um, at least in the United States, and I, I have heard this happens elsewhere in Europe and other places in the world, that um, when they run into financial trouble, they think, first of all, very often, well, okay, the arts aren't exactly our academic subjects, so let's just cut the arts. Yes, and, yes. Um, so unfortunate, <laughs> right, that at the age of 12, art becomes an elective <laughs> instead of... Yeah. Instead of, yes. uh, you know, some some really uh, fundamental things, right? Yes, so my hope is that mu music teachers will take Muse, the four volumes of this, and bring it into their music instruction. But it's also created, I will um, be posting soon on my website, free downloads of all the songs. It's created so that classroom teachers and parents and uh church school directors and synagogue cantors can access the songs, even if they don't read music, they can access them orally um, to hear how they sound and then infuse their teaching with these songs. So the songs are teaching about academic subjects, math, science, and language. That's Maybe I can specifically talk about Muse at School because that's the volume that um, deals with language arts and um, science, math, and then um, cycle of time. And um, so that there are songs like uh, Mr. Now Met Mrs. Verb One Day, and it's, um, or Captain Adverb, uh -huh. went out to sea carrying lots and lots of lees, the L-Y at the end that make adverbs. So the children are learning parts of speech by singing about it. And if teachers throughout the schools, it doesn't have to be just music uh, teachers, but if teachers use songs in their classroom, they will discover what the Greeks knew long ago, that music has the power to enhance the memory. Children rem will remember things longer if they have, if they're set to poetry and to music, because they can recall them with this rhythm and maybe some mo motion attached to that, and they they're singing in here about solids, liquids, and gases, and um, the days of the week, the months of the year, how to tell time, the seasons of the year, um, about the different types of rocks, solid, liquid, and gas land and water form, and then of course a lot about I love the planet Earth, how to take care of the Earth, how to recycle, how to reuse, how to keep things green and clean. 
Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So wonderful, <laughs> Pamela. Uh, have you uh, um, had an, any feedback from from children or from uh, teachers about uh, this work too? Yes, children are actually my best uh, teachers in many ways when it comes for to muse and and uh, critics as well. So I have tried out um, these songs for over 10 years in a, several different schools as well as some faith-based institutions. And um, the children were very helpful to me in if they would stumble over something that I composed, I would rewrite it. So, and I would try it again until they could just sing it and it would sound natural to them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they helped me in the process. So these have all been vetted by many children. And um, the fourth volume is entitled Muse at Work. That volume um, has songs and lots of applications. Um, it's projects that children can take on, and it's, it's paperwork that they can do, as well as field trips they can take, all related to the building blocks of music. How does music work? So rather than just talking about music, we're singing um, about Salute, major, major, you stand so tall. So we're teaching about the affects of a major key versus Phrygian is a mysterious mode. So we're singing um, mm -hmm. the different mm -hmm. affects of each of the modes. We're singing um, Trocase travels so compactly they know what they packed exactly to re to learn poetic meter I yeah, iambic sure. iambic songs trochaic dactyl anapest and so on so they're learning about music by singing about it and then having projects to learn how to open their ears and listen in ways they've never learned how to listen before they have projects with that and other projects of how to listen to intervals and to describe intervals in terms of a taste or a smell or a texture or a, an image from a movie or a story or a fairy tale. And mm -hmm. so just to have sensorial integration into how they're perceiving music and then taking music into the other senses as well as a way that um, children can perceive the world. Uh, you know, while I'm thinking uh, about this, I rem I'm reminded that this is a rather advanced uh, uh, material, right? Uh, uh, theoretical and also philosophical uh, for children. But but I don't think that it's uh, too difficult for uh, children to un to to comprehend uh, the these feelings, not only uh, theoretical knowledge, but uh, to get the grasp of the foundations, what you are talking about. Because, for example, I, I remember uh, Oshara's niece, uh, my wife's niece, uh, one, once uh, uh, learned a, a very intricate clef, uh, C clef, you know, we all knew, uh, know C clefs, and one of them was, I think that was a soprano clef, but she was very young, you know, like uh, at the age of maybe seven, maybe seventh, first grade or second grade uh, uh, basically girl and uh, we as adults were very very surprised that she knew uh, we we asked her uh, what it is what what's the sign uh, and she says you, you don't know it's a C clef you know like ABC like a, a simple thing you, you should know you know and 
And if she, I think if we introduce these terms, you know, with stories, as you say, with storytelling, with proper integration uh, of various uh, uh, foundational uh, subjects and uh, sciences into classroom and beyond in music also, maybe children are able to understand them, these difficult and advanced terms. How do you think? Yes, if, and exactly. If they are presented in simple terms and just gradually one by one. Now, the Musette workbook would need um, a, a music teacher to present it because it, it does require some um, knowledge of music. And I can say that that book particularly is also geared for adults. I have some adult students who are um, coming to music from other professions, who, but they want to learn how to play. I have a harpsichord student and an improvisation student who want to learn more about how music works so that they can play better. And um, they are using this as well. So, um, but what you say, uh, oh, another thing that helps in these books, I have to tell you about my friend, Kayla Samano. Absolutely. She is, she is a fabulous artist. She's an art teacher here in Ann Arbor. And she used to work with my children. And um, she the first time she came over to our house, my son was quite small and he loved dinosaurs. And he was outside and she took some sidewalk chalk and she, upside down and backwards for her, she drew a stegosaurus so that it was facing him. And he was so impressed. And I realized that she draws animals that have so much affect, so much personality. They look like they could just jump out and start having a conversation with you. So I asked her, I hired her to be the artist and illustrator for all of the four volumes. And so there's a, a wonderful, playful, visual aspect to these books as well. You can see a glimpse of that from the covers, which yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see. But also inside, on, on you know, nearly every other page, there's some little character doing something like a mouse conducting an orchestra or a caterpillar crawling around to help people learn the steps of a major scale or uh -huh. <laughs> and, and Pamela, Pamela oh, we shouldn't uh, underestimate the power of visuals and art uh, integrated into the storytelling right even for adults uh, when we see these these pictures illustrated um, these these words and terms and uh, difficult subjects we adults understand much much deeper and better I think too Yes, yes, absolutely. And then we're getting the the brain to work in multiple ways. We've got, again, the multiple senses going. And all of this is very healthy for children to have the brain and the body, the ears and the eyes, the emotions all developing and connecting as part of the uh, developing into beautiful people, beautiful adults. Do you think that that these um, uh, a cappella songs and uh, these activities you are doing with children will help to develop both sides of our brain? Ah, yes. Thanks for that question. Um, Especially I the right have, the right side. Yes. Well, the right side is the creative side, right? Just to kind of simplify the function of the brain, and then the left side is the more analytical side, and. Uh, so I'm encouraging in the, I have fairly extensive introductions and appendices that are helping to guide um, school teachers and music teachers how to work 
with children's voices, but I, I encourage movement with the songs um, and bilateral crossings. So if there's if you draw a line right where your nose is down through your chest and um, all the way to the floor, that's the lateral line. So if children can do activities, and this is great for adults too. It, it, um, people, uh, physical therapists still use this for neurological training if people have had strokes or some sort of neurological challenge, um, where they are doing activities where maybe tapping their um, legs and then clapping and then opposite hands facing another child or they might be reaching for the sky and then reaching for the the sky on the right and then reaching for the floor on the left and then the opposite hands doing the same thing. So, And there are many songs in which I suggest a few motions, but I also leave it open-ended because my experience has been if a teacher has worked a lot with motion and singing, dancing, little games with children, those children are able to do much more complex motions. They become those, um, all of those synapses and neurons are firing at a quicker, uh, more advanced level because they've had all that experience with that. So um, versus if a child is completely new to con- combining any kind of motion with music, then the, the actions at first have to be quite simple, but then they can certainly build up. And yes, so this devi- this definitely develops both sides of the brain. I'm also doing, I have in the Music and Peace book. Is it okay if I talk about that one next? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so uh, re- let's remind our listeners, uh, you, you were talking about the muse in at work, at school, right? And then the next is in, in, in muse in peace, right? Muse in peace, yes. And that... Uh, that book opens up with a song, I'm going to tap, tap, peace in my soul, soul. I'm going to tap, tap, peace in my soul, soul. And that's a song that can be repeated over and over. It's a very calming song for children. And when I do this with children, I have them tap on their knees tap on their toes, tap on their shoulders, and then they're crossing hands to do that. So we have the bilateral motion, tap maybe on their heads. And this actually stems from um, the psychologist Francine Shapiro, who discovered um, she was actually undergoing a traumatic time in her own life. And she, when we experience trauma or some sort of shock. Um, We experience that in the amygdala portion of the brain, which is sort of at the base of the neck. Um, Yes. The deepest portion of the brain, right? Right. It's sometimes called the reptilian portion because this Uh is what all even prehistoric uh, creatures had that amygdala. It's the fight or flight um, uh, portion of the brain. So that can be activated when a child is stressed or traumatized in some way or very excited sometimes too. You know, some children can get just very excited and then have a hard time calming down. But what Francine Shapiro discovered is um, she was walking her dog one day, watching the dog on one side and then a bird was singing to on the other side of her. And she found herself looking left and then right and left and right in a rhythmic way 
And suddenly she realized that she was able to start processing her trauma and she could feel it because she knew a lot about the brain traveling from this amygdala primitive portion of her brain where trauma is stored to the prefrontal cortex where the right and left hemispheres could more um, logically, rationally process what was happening and then create strategies for how to deal with it. And so this music and muse and peace, um, that this first song, I actually go through this and I did describe what Francine Shapiro discovered and she's started this whole movement called EMDR, eye movement desensitization and uh-huh. reprocessing. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I'm using some, some of the psychology um, grounded in, in the field of psychology to help children to work with the various parts of their brain. And so they have some some parts of the songs as well that they'll analyze or talk about how the form of the song or how does the rhyme work or what parts go up and what parts go down. But lots of other parts where they're thinking about what's the expression of this? How does this make me feel inside? Where do I feel that? How would I paint a picture that might go along with that? So yes, thanks for asking about that. It's it's very important that we try to also develop uh, children's uh, creativity, especially now when in school, uh, um, at least uh, up until now in recent times, uh, uh, there were so much emphasis on um, information, uh, reciting information, memorizing information, facts, right? But uh, I think uh, recent... um, uh, developments in educational world, uh, not only in the United States, but also across the board in Europe as well, in uh, in our country as well, in Lithuania, try to recognize the importance of uh, uh, creativity in all subjects, in all yes. areas of human endeavor. So um, I hope uh, I hope your your project, Muse. Uh, um, will will help children do that and also adults as well who will teach them as well because you have to be very creative with with children in order to use these these, these songs right and it's constant yeah. improvisation probably exactly and the creativity that's learned early on is put to problem solving in in the adult world in the in the workplace so that's essential here's an example of from muse and peace of um how children kind of improvise with these pieces. So here's a song about, I can be a butterfly fluttering my wings. I can be a butterfly fluttering my wings. So that would be, the children would be invited to make motions like a butterfly and then take turns in the class what would you like to be? What would you like to be? And they each choose an animal, which is a noun, or some sort of creature, fish, bird, and then a verb for what that animal or creature is going to do. And so they're improvising the text, they're improvising the motions, and in some of the other songs, the children are actually improvising some of the music as well. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Also, in in Muse in Peace, um, I have a at least half of the book is about world culture. So the children learn how to sing, how many ways can we sing peace? 
And then they start singing the word peace in multiple languages from around the world. So if children are in a class that's um, comprised of children from other places in the world, then they each can teach each other. How do you say peace? How do you say peace in Lithuanian, by the way? Actually, it's very simple. It's Taika. Um, Taika. It's spelled T A I K A. So Taika. Taika. Yes, Taika. And basically, what you're saying uh, uh, helps children to understand each other and other cultures and try to be um, more tolerant to each other, right? To other cultures and uh, to o basically open open and uh, to have an open mind which is so important in today's uh, today's uh, politics and today's uh, a very um, traumatized world scene I, f I would say absolutely so and i think if children can grow up finding peace within they can also end up um, sharing peace with the world and this is where i'm, I'm trying to plant these seeds through muse to with these children to be our leaders in peace. So I do have songs about Martin Luther King's dream, MLK's dream, where they march like a freedom fighter, march like Martin Luther King. And then I have a song about Wangari Maathai, the wonderful Kenyan woman who started the Greenbelt movement that uh, reforested great uh, over 30 countries in Africa and she just started by herself planting a few little seedlings and then teaching other women how to do this. She eventually won the Nobel Peace Prize. I think this is a fabulous story for children to know about because she was one person making a difference and she just started small with a seedling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and perhaps children won't understand what uh, what Nobel Prize is, right? But they will definitely understand what it means and what it takes for a one person to plant these seeds and uh, basically to do this kind of difficult work. Exactly. And they sing about um, what I call three famous people, and there are so many people in the world we could choose, but I chose Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and the Dalai Lama together because they all worked hard for a world of justice and peace. And so the three of them are intertwined in a song um, that then uh, they each have one stanza of the song that says something especially um important to their cause that Mahatma Gandhi of course said be the change you want to see in the world so the children are singing about that and Mother Teresa said we can have peace when we speak kindly and when we act in love and the Dalai Lama said have compassion be kind to others who are hurt or who are hungry and that's how we can all work toward peace and justice and it's it's really moving at least it is to me when I hear children singing about these things and basically can teach adults how to do it as well. You know, Pamela, when, when some of the children might be very, very um, agile and uh, sometimes very quick and uh, some, some like to fight with each other, right? Uh, the word sure. peace might be distant uh, for them, you know. Uh, maybe yeah. somebody insulted them, they want to get revenge and something like that. But, but when they sing these words and sing and internalize these words through motion and through music, 
then these ideas they sink in I think and in much deeper level I think in in, in the future as well yes there was just an article in the New York Times talking um, about a group of researchers who spent a long time researching groups that sing together and they came to the conclusion that when people sing together they build community much more quickly but it's not a, a, an artificial community it's also a much more profound community because they have the shared experience of um, something that they've done together that's greater than what any one of them could have done alone and so for children to have that opportunity um, then they can also understand oh this is how community can work it doesn't have to be a turf war or a war over oil or arms or anything that um, religion you know the many aspects but instead it can be we can have community we can sing together we can make the world more peaceful yeah and I look what happens in Africa right they have this communal singing uh, their where entire villages sing and uh, and their sense of community in in various countries in Africa is very very great much deeper probably than in our western civilization right uh, and uh, probably music and music making of all kinds um, has a big part in it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the the fourth volume we're we're getting at at the soul and how to care for the soul. So, if, if it's okay with you, I'll okay. mention okay. Muse for the Soul. Yeah. This is a volume that's intended. Again, for parents to use with their children, I know some parents homeschool, but if even if not, it's it's wonderful to sing with your child at home, maybe in bed at night as a uh, the last thing to go off to a, a very sound sleep. Um, Muse for the Soul is intended to um, have psalms. I have many different psalms, including a psalm for children that's taken from a number of psalms. I like using the psalms because they work with various faith traditions. It's not just um, connected to one faith tradition. And so I accumulated several songs and kind of combined psalms and combined them to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And tap, tap, tap. They have rhythmic instruments from all around the world when they're singing. And then make a crying noise unto the Lord. And then the, we go around the circle again. Or the children can just volunteer. How are you today? How are you feeling? What kind of noise do you want to make? And the point is they can make any kind of sound they are feeling at the moment. And they can talk to God that way. They, I mean, God can take it. God just wants communication, right? And it's so if they're angry, they can make an angry sound. And they're improvising music that way. And then after we sing some of these psalms, there are many, many psalms in here, some that are, are joyful, some that are, are saying calls for help. Um, but after we sing that, then I have a little um, page for them, which is, again, taken from some psychology, where children can uh, work with, an adult to talk about how they feel about themselves. 
So if they're angry, how does that make them feel about themselves? So what positive perceptions do they have about themselves and what negative perceptions? And when they have negative perceptions like, I'm not worth anything, or I can't trust anyone, or I'm stuck and I can't ask for help, these are all kind of negative perceptions about themselves. Then um, I work with this this psalm, but then also with this this page of perceptions to say, okay, let's let's think about how we could reframe that. Um, I'm stuck. What can I do about it? Okay, I am worthwhile. I can ask for help. I um, maybe something bad happened to me, but but it's not my fault. I need to tell someone. I can go for help. I can claim a healthy life. And so it's a way for children. And, you know, this, of course, is huge with adolescents where they have a lot of identity questions and and it's easy for adolescents to feel bad about themselves. But um, instead, this offers some, through music as well as through some uh, analytical thinking, so we've got, you know, creative and analytical going again with both sides of the brain. How to feel safe, how to feel strong, how to build one's self-esteem, how to feel like the, um, a person is in control of their own lives and they have choices they can make and strategies they can build to make their situation better. How to take responsibility. So, yeah. So it's all integrated into songs, right, that children sing? <laughs> It is exactly. You know what it's, it it reminds me, Pamela, of um, hymnals, because uh, for for adults at least, hymnals are so universal and so all encompassing, and uh, they have these uh, basically the entire church here, but not only church here, but entire person's life can be um, sung and uh, uh, basically explored through songs, right? We sing in church. But they are not so much um, maybe um, suitable for children, these uh, these texts that that we sing in church as adults. But what you you offer uh, these uh, these texts and also songs, uh, children melodies, children like melodies, um, may be a way for children to explore their own, uh, as you say, soul, character, personality, and also the outer world as well. And um, th- this might have great ramifications for them in the future. Yes, I hope so. The, um, you know that music therapy actually is a very old field, even though it's it's new to many of us. Um, but back in the Old Testament, in the, the book of Samuel, then David played a tune on his harp to calm Saul. So I have a song about that. David, play a tune on your harp, help to calm Saul's angry heart. And then we talk about the power of music, of how... If we're feeling sad, we can do this tapping or singing or humming or join with someone else and create a, a group to sing with to, to um, again, care for the soul. But it's all, that's kind of a serious side of Muse for the Soul, and I think it's really important to have the soul care. I also think it's important to have a playful side because I think the soul is like a hummingbird. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's translucent, it's 
it's always active. It's kind of like a spirit moving around, but working very hard, sipping nectar, flying around with the, the wings fluttering so many thousands of times per second. Um, and our souls are like that. They're, they're, they're tiny, they're vulnerable in a way, but they're also huge and powerful. They make, you know, they pollinate the world. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> analogy, Pamela, with the hummingbird and soul. Um, you know, uh, what uh, also I'm thinking, I'm thinking about uh, um, uh, children, uh, how they can our can be our teachers as well. What can we learn as adults from children? Because the teaching is not only done uh, to us, but also with us, right? Uh, we also, as educators, also learn every day uh, while teaching others, right? Because we teach others, we learn something as well at the same time. Probably. So, can you share something what you learn from children, Pamela? Well, in um, if we continue to talk just a bit about Muse for the Soul, I have to say I have worked with um, various children with this, and invariably, um, they, I find my breath taken away by how open-hearted they are. And I realize I can learn from that every day because as adults, we've had hurts, we've had suffering, we've had challenges, we've, we've met up with, with some situations that lack integrity, we've had struggles, and it it's becomes more and more difficult to approach life with an open heart, just consistently open heart and be present in the moment and feel joyful about the tiniest things, just a ladybug landing on a finger or... Um, just seeing a, a, the leaves changing color and fluttering down. Children are so full of wonder. So this open-heartedness and the, the wonderment that they offer, I think is so healthy for adults to experience as well. And in your words about these uh, um, uh, signs of nature, I can feel uh, some uh, some um, influence of Mary Oliver. Uh, is is Mary Oliver um, um, an influence to you too? Uh, oh, tell me more about her. Uh, Mary Oliver, famous American poet. Um, she uh, she is now, I think, quite old, but she is still alive. But uh, she basically writes all her time about uh, nature, and. Um, uh, when she was young, she, lear she learned to write poetry while walking uh, in the woods. And she, she had the, her uh, notebook and pencil, and she wrote poetry while wa just walking, basically. And I heard uh, her talk, a conversation on, uh, on, the, um, um, uh, on being, you know, this, uh, this, yes, this wonderful, wonderful um, program on the radio. And you oh, know, Mary Oliver, maybe maybe you could also explore her ideas because she also talks about uh, uh, wonderful, beautiful animals and uh, you know these simple things, very very simple things which make uh, life so joyful, perhaps. And um, yes. and uh, without technology, you know, she never uses computer basically, even yes. today. And uh, and she she types, she writes by hand, you know, handwriting, and um, so in this technology-based and ruled world, 
maybe uh, we as human beings need need sometimes to um, come back to the roots right and children if they are uh, didn't have so much contact with the technology so far maybe they have these roots in them and as adults we can learn something from them as well which we have might might have forgotten you know yes it rekindles that uh, those feelings of childhood or if we missed those in childhood um, as is the case for many adults, we can experience them for the first time with children. I think children are fabulous teachers. I have some ways, too, in the Muse for the Soul in which they can provide some um, liturgical leadership. There, um, I have some story events where they can be characters in the story. There's a Noah's Ark um, kind of liturgical theater um, event where they each improvise uh, sounds of the different animals on the ark while the story is being told and they first sound happy to have this adventure and then they sound sad for be being on this stuffy boat for so long and and so they have to improvise with different affects as they do that. Um, there are also, there's a Seder feast and this is a, a Jewish practice of commemorating the Israeli exodus from Egypt uh, held on Passover and so that's all um, worked out for a Seder feast for children and it's um, with instructions for teachers of what kinds of foods to prepare and to have so that this can connect with both the Jewish and uh, Christian tradition um, and then there are liturgical theater about the St. Francis, of course, who loved animals. So St. Francis is a, often a favorite saint of children. And, um, and then there's also a liturgical event about Saints Elizabeth and Mary to feature some women in the Bible that way. And the, um, toward the end of Muse for the Soul, I have this set of songs that help children to understand how the liturgical year works. So it's just, what time is it in the church? What color will we see today? It's Pentecost in the church here, and green is the color that we'll see today. So there's one of those for each of the seasons, and then the song goes on in an ABA form to tell about, okay, what happens at Pentecost, and then comes back to what time is it? And then there's one for Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, as well as Pentecost. And children have had a lot of fun with that. We've used colored ribbons for them to remember, and they have really enjoyed getting into that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm wondering, Pamela, whether these songs can be integrated also with um, activities where uh, children can, for example, use coloring or drawing, for example. Yes, that's a beautiful idea. Maybe maybe they sing and they draw the characters out of this book, maybe, right? Or uh, the the some of the ideas from the texts, right? Maybe also that way the, the teaching would be also much more, not much more, but uh, somewhat uh, um, will, will touch also both sides of our brain also in a deeper way. Exactly. It's intended to be multidisciplinary, each one of these books, and that, and having that visual artistic aspect, as well as just the hand coordination of working with materials again, is such a great choice. And art and music, I think, are 
are co-muses. They help inspire each other. Because, of course, uh, this, these books are wonderfully illustrated and uh, children will see and uh, will be <laughs> quite envious, right? And will want actually jump in and uh, draw right away, I, I would imagine. Uh, these characters and monkeys and what else? Uh, uh, rabbits and penguins and elephants, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Polar bears. Uh, wh what yeah. else? I, I can see making this beautiful noise uh, in Noah's Ark. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, in Noah's Ark. Yes, exactly. And there are uh, and the inside there are funny sets of animals. There's a penguin and a flamingo all dressed up um, because I talk about how um, the natural miner has interesting relatives. So they're. They are very interesting relatives of each other, so to say. And so the, the Kayla Samano captured um, little jokes in the music and just playful moments in the music and, and then illustrated accordingly. So it's, it's really, it makes me smile every time I look at her illustrations. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps, uh, uh, do you also like to draw, uh, Pamela? You know, I think all of my artistic abilities went into creating music, <laughs> Venus, but I should go back and take some art lessons because I think my daughter loves it and it's very calming and centering for her. And she has a wonderful um, teacher who encourages a lot of art. So That's I what I'm talking about. We could learn from children, you know, yes, not, yes. From, not necessarily from professionals, but from children because they haven't forgotten how to draw. <laughs> because in the in our childhood we all were wonderful <laughs> drawers and painters and artists but somehow uh, later art uh, becomes an elective right uh, will you take dance or drawing right uh, and then you yes. have to choose and uh, uh, right and and then you know somehow somehow uh, we as adults uh, come to a point of, of at life where we start to miss some of these things and start to remember those things what we did when we were six seven or eight years old and then yes. they will come back to us these things and that way if we can remember those things we can be more complete human beings i think too oh absolutely Vitas. yes and you exemplify that so well. It's, it's really wonderful, and it's it. I mean, just even having a conversation with you is is so inspiring to me. So it also shows that collaboration um, prompts the muses to to uh, reach greater heights when people work together. I have to thank Joel Shanehouse. You probably remember him from Eastern yeah. Michigan. Yeah. He's a fabulous yeah. pianist who's. Um, currently playing the Beethoven cycles and he's um, posting his concerts live on his website so that's a really interesting aspect but he has been recording me singing the Muse songs mm -hmm. all along mm -hmm. and because he under he has a small child and understands um, how affect and um, creativity work he's been a fabulous uh, encouragement to me in singing this and it, it's so much nicer to again have that community of creativity rather than have it exist only in isolation 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We as adults uh, tend to think of creative endeavor, you know, less like a um, uh, like an artist works uh, in in their um, cell, you know, uh, locked out from the world, and then suddenly a work of genius appears out of nowhere, right? But yes. artists never work like that. They they <laughs> tend to collaborate and uh, try to. Uh, steal their some of the ideas from other artists also or borrow ideas it's nothing new right all of the wonderful composers we adore and love did that in the past and still doing um, living composers and artists today what we can learn from nature what can what what we can learn from living other artists multidisciplinary people also across the board basically so, but we only have to be present, right? And pay attention, as you mentioned at the beginning. We have to pay attention. And these songs, uh, at the uh, project of the muse for the soul, uh, in peace, right? At work and at school, will hopefully teach children to pay attention, right? And be present. That's the most precious thing we can learn, probably. It is, absolutely. That's what Muse is all about. And when we pay attention, I like to imagine that uh, our Muse, for example, uh, will will fly by our uh, maybe window and see if we are ready. If we are ready, then uh, insights will come, inspiration will come, and everything else, uh, like centered and focus, will come to our lives. Lives, but we have to be, you know, do the homework basically, do the the work, as Stephen Pressfield says about creative um, activities. You don't have to. You, you don't start painting by reading about painting, or or you don't uh, start uh, uh, writing poetry by uh, uh, writing uh, reading rules about the uh, rhythmic ideas of ancient Greece, right? Uh, you start writing, and uh, the same with music and singing. You start making music. So it's good that you, as creator of of this project. Uh, let uh, children make music, basically. Not talk about music, but make music. That's, make that's music. Im yes. important. Make music. My daughter uh, recently, she's eight years old and just had her first solo in the church choir. And she was a. She told me, I think I might be a little nervous, but I'll let you know. And then the day after she sang it, she said, Mom, you know what? And I was a little bit nervous, but I can teach you something. And I said, what's that? She said, the more you practice, the better it gets. <laughs> and I said, you're right. Thanks for teaching me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but you, what you just said, Vitas, is so important. The practicing is critical. But um, I've even been at a point before where I'm so intent on practicing that I lose the the openness of the moment of being present and that true creative creativity comes from both from that hard work but also just the space to be open and to wonder and to pay attention and to muse so wonderful thank you so much Pamela for this insightful and inspiring conversation which hopefully will lead uh, not only you but uh, all of us listeners uh, who listen from various countries uh, around the world to 
better understanding how our minds work, how our brains work, and also um, how children develop, right? And uh, maybe some of their children will will uh, have a chance to explore some of your ideas as well in in classrooms, in churches, and uh, maybe even in uh, in camping as well, right? Yes. Why not? Yeah. Stay With entire something. family, they can sing these songs, right? Yes. Wonderful. Beautiful. So, uh, can you tell our listeners, Pamela, where they can find you and uh, and this uh, project of yours online? Ah, oh, thank you. Yes, um, my website is www.pamelawriterfeenstra.com, and I think will you post that, Vitas, or yes. should I? Yes, I will. Okay. I will uh, post everything, and links and and descriptions. Yeah. But uh, it's good that you say in in your own words, yeah. Oh yes, and then there are um, more de more details about each book are listed on the website, and uh, yes, I hope that your listeners will try it out and let me know how it works for them. And then uh, you will have in the future uh, PDF downloads, right? For 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 this some of the songs, right, and some of some of the supplemental material as well. Yes, they, the songs will be MP3s or WAV files that they can download for free from my website, exactly. And I will be developing some supplementary material as well that uh, some additional free downloads. I already have another liturgical event that would um, uh, complement Muse for the Soul, and I'll just continue to, to offer that as well as some tips for healthy singing and healthy musicianship. I will continue to uh, offer this maybe something one with some little piece that's new each week for a while and um, again welcome feedback on that what works for people what more might they need or wish for I think that um, church organists who who work with children choir children's choirs um, might be um, on the lookout of the of these of these books, right? Uh, because uh, they can be really well incorporated, I guess, uh, into the church activities, right? Choir activities with children. Yes, yes. Um, church school directors, as well as church music directors, I am very much hoping will um, be able to make use of this and find um, quite a lot of variety in in Muse for the Soul for um, various activities, these liturgical events, as well as the songs that can be used in the church schools and in the church services and various faith-based institutions. Again, synagogues, it would be appropriate um, with the Psalm and Old Testament portions of this. And um, uh, there, I know there are many faith-based schools and schools who talk about, study about, uh, religion or spirituality or soul in various traditions and so it I'm open for its use wherever it can be helpful to people wonderful Pamela thank you so much for this inspiring conversation and I hope you will continue this work uh, uh, with exploring the edges of con uh, of creativity for all ages right from from six until 96 or even beyond right Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Vitas. You are an exemplary muse. Thank you so much, Pamela. It means a lot to me. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll say goodbye to you and uh, we'll talk about your next project next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.
If you liked this conversation, I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vida Spinkavitus, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you online really soon.